0: the chicago metropolitan area was shaken up in the fall of 1982 in just a few short days seven people died of cyanide poisoning after taking what they believed to be regular old tylenol panic struck the entire state of illinois and changed the way we get over-the-counter drugs forever we are your hosts helen allen and sherry Ferreira. this is the chalk line Good evening, everyone, and the highlights of the news this Thursday. So, we're going to start our story on Wednesday, September 29th, 1982. Okay. Mary Kellerman takes Tylenol. She is a seventh grader at Adams Junior High School in Schaumburg and lives in Chicago's Northwest Suburbs. She was a babysitter for children in the neighborhood, and she's 12, so you know woman. me. Yeah, not only a businesswoman, but a horse, because, <laughs> <laughs> and, and mine, okay, bear with me. You know that John Mulaney stand-up? Yeah. You know I'm going to bring it up, of like, course. every other episode. You have to. But in the John Mulaney stand-up, he's literally like, why do we have 12-year-olds babysit other little kids that are littler than 12-year-olds. And basically, he's like, having a 12-year-old babysit a younger kid is like having a horse babysit a dog. And that's all I could think of when I read that she was a 12-year-old babysitter. And also, she's a horse girl because she was into horseback riding. So I'm just like, okay, a horse babysitting a dog. She is the joke. She is the (laughs) joke that John Mulaney made. Also, I'm so glad that he's out of rehab. Oh, my God. Right? Can we just... We just have to, we have to to mention it. So back to this story on September 29th, 1982, 12 year old Mary Kellerman had a cold. She stayed home from school the day before and she woke up at like around dawn and went into her parents' bedroom. She complained of having a sore throat and a runny nose. Her parents noted that she seemed a little off, but she was just like, it was like the residual sick. Like she was just sick. She had a cold. Yeah. So her dad was like, you know what? Here, take this one pill of extra strength Tylenol and then just like go on back to bed. So she did. At about 7 a.m., they hear a loud sound and her father finds her on the bathroom floor. She was immediately taken to the hospital where she was pronounced dead. That quick? Yeah, it was very fast. Doctors suspected that Mary, who was otherwise healthy... Died of a stroke. But of course, you know, they have to look into it because it's a 12 year old and she died so suddenly. Later on that day, Adam Janice, who is a father of two young children and he lived in Arlington Heights at the time of his death, was coming down with what he thought was a cold. He stayed home from work and just left the house to drop off and pick up his children at preschool that day. On his way to pick up his children from their preschool, he stopped at a Jewel grocery store and purchased a bottle of extra strength Tylenol. He took two Tylenols after lunch, and a couple minutes later, he went staggering into the kitchen and collapsed. Now... Mary was pronounced dead at about 9.56 a.m. So that was about three hours tops after she took the Tylenol. At noon is when Adam took the Tylenol. He's pronounced dead by 3.15. Okay, so two
1: people have these sudden deaths and all within the same area. But mind you,
0: they're not completely in the same area. So the medical center that Mary had gone to is called Elk Grove Village the one that adam went to is the northwest community hospital i believe and thomas kim the medical director at northwest community hospital's icu said basically our first job is to resuscitate and we couldn't even do that his heart would literally not resuscitate so he signed adam janice out as probably cardiac death but when he was talking to the family and like trying to explain it yeah i mean it's hard for him even though he knows the supposed diagnosis so he's trying to tell them, but like he doesn't even know why. I mean, that's so weird.
1: I heard you say probably, and I'm like, but you're a doctor.
0: <laughs> I know. Figure it out. Like, here's the thing. I mean, yes, it's the eighties, but whether it's the eighties or now or whenever, we expect doctors to have the answers, and at this point, they don't. They are so thrown by this. And I mean, this is just to them cardiac arrest or a stroke or all of the things that we just kind of Place on deaths that we can't understand. You know? It's as close as we get to understanding it at this point. All of Adam's family was there at the hospital, but none of them go back home. Obviously, Adam is dead, and they know that they have some things to deal with, so they actually go back to his house in Arlington Heights. Later that day, by 3.45pm, so Like I said, 3.15 p.m., Adam is pronounced dead. Gotcha. At 3.45 p.m., Mary Reiner takes Tylenol and collapses. Now, I don't want this to get confusing because I know that the 12-year-old from the beginning was also Mary. This is Mary Reiner. She was happily married to her husband, and the couple had just welcomed their fourth child into the world. She used Tylenol to relieve her post-birth discomfort. So this is a completely different case. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a mother in a different area. She basically was just experiencing all the things after you have a child. And she decided to take Tylenol to, like, just relieve her discomfort. Her eight-year-old daughter was with her at the time and witnessed her collapse. Mary's husband, Ed, said, We were together for a long time. She was an excellent mother. We had four children. The baby was a week old. I came in right after she had fallen on the floor. An ambulance came and rushed her to the Central DuPage Hospital in Winfield. I'm not going to say a lot more than that. That's what he said. And, I mean, given he is obviously very distraught. And the police actually kind of focus in on him. Like, they're thinking, did he do something? Like, they're they are they're just questioning the hell out of him. They think yeah. that he must have had something to do with it because, you know, we say this. Usually. Everybody says this. <laughs> it's always it's the always husband. It's always the husband or it's always the partner or whoever. So, of course, they look into him. By 5 p.m., Stanley and Teresa, Janice. Stanley is Adam's younger brother and Teresa is... Stanley's wife. They were both at Adam's house planning the funeral and mourning together. So Stanley had some chronic back pain. So he just went and asked Teresa, who I mean they had only been married for a little while, but they were married, to get him some Tylenol. And she came out and she gave him two Tylenol and then she was like, You know what? The grief is hitting me hard too. I'm just gonna take two Tylenol and like get rid of this headache that I feel like I have. And then he collapsed. And then she collapsed. So basically, at this point, investigators are just like, "Is it carbon monoxide poisoning?" Like, there's no. I mean, what? What do you think when a family collapses from being in the same house? You're like, "Oh, Adam was in that house and he collapsed. Then those people, um, his family members, went to the house to plan his funeral and they collapsed. Carbon monoxide. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So they rushed the rest of the family to the hospital for observation. And they were given their last rites, but they didn't die. Just Stanley, Teresa, and Adam. Charles Kramer, who is lieutenant with the Arlington Heights Fire Department, said to the Daily Herald, When I arrived at the house, there were cars and people everywhere. All eight of my men were working. Four on one man and four on a woman. Everything that would happen to the man would happen to the woman a few minutes later. That's crazy. Right. So at this point, Nurse Jensen, who is just like a public health figure that is kind of a part of this investigation, is looking around and starts to get suspicious. She asks Adam's wife a lot of questions about the day just to like get up on everything. And she does find out about everybody taking the Tylenol. But of course, at this point, it doesn't really seem like a big deal. It's just a little piece of the day.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can't imagine it ringing any alarm bells at this point.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's Tylenol. Yeah. Fast forward to 6.30 p.m. Mary McFarland, who is a single mother working and raising two young sons at the time of her death. I know there's a lot of Marys in this case. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it was just, a popular name. You're going to have to stand. <laughs> she was a single mother working and raising two young sons at the time of her death. She was working a job at the Illinois Bell in Lombard when she started to feel a severe headache coming on. She went to the back room and she took a Tylenol. And while walking back into the office, she dropped to the floor right in front of her coworkers. By 8 p.m., this is now two hours after Mary McFarland collapses at work. And, you know, at this point, I'm telling you all of the people that are taking the Tylenol, but the, the investigators have not exactly connected them yet. Because how could they, you know? Yeah. So by 8 p.m., Nurse Jensen, Investigator Pishos, and police officers arrive at Adam Janice's house in Arlington Heights. You know, the house that all three of the family members had died from. Yeah. And they're just going to look around and see what they can find. Investigator Pichos is like, I was expecting to walk into the house and go, oh, there it is. But it was nothing like that. There was nothing just like out in front of you that would mean, oh, these people died from that, you know? Nurse Jensen said that she looked around and didn't see anything that could be a possible contaminant, but she did note that there was a shelf full of over-the-counter medications and some prescription drugs. So that's when investigator Pichos goes into the basement and he realizes that they had done some like metal work And I guess, I mean, he said uh, that someone mentioned to him that metalworking, sometimes they could use cyanide for polishing. So he just kind of wanted to, like, make sure that there was nothing in the basement that could have caused the family to become sick. Okay. Upstairs, meanwhile, Nurse Jensen found a bottle of Tylenol. There were six capsules missing and three people dead. So to her, that meant that each of them took two Tylenol and this had you know, everything to do with it. There was no protective sealing on this bottle or any over-the-counter drugs at this point, mind you. You know, they only had that, like, cotton stuff yeah, tucked so in Yeah, so annoying there. to dig out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so they only had that in there. And so she just kind of noted it and was like, okay, like, all of these people took this Tylenol and all of them died. Like, that's maybe a coincidence, but let's be safe about this. So she brings it back to the hospital with her. Hell yeah, Nurse Jay. Yeah. When they look into the chain of evidence, she brings it up and insists the Tylenol bottle be a part of the chain of evidence. And basically everybody's like, "Uh, okay, it's Tylenol. You can relax. Like they just kind of shrug it off and they're like, that no one, no one dies from taking two Tylenol. So actually the other bottle from earlier in the day from the little girl, the 12-year-old Mary, for some reason the paramedics in Elk Grove Village had inventoried it, and thank God. And so investigator Pichos had the police department in Elk Grove bring it to him in the hospital. Now 9.30 p.m. this night, Paula Prince stops at a Walgreens at 1601 Northwell Street to buy some Tylenol. Just note that, We'll talk more about it later. Got it. As all of this is going down, Dr. Kim is basically just, like, pacing back and forth in his office and is like, what is likely here? What is not likely? Basically, all it comes down is he's like, "This is these seem like deaths from cyanide, but he's like, no. Like, where, where was the exposure? All of these people have no connections to each other. Where could the possible cyanide exposure have linked them all? You know, like, how do... This many people drop dead from cyanide in all different places that way. Yeah. But he's like, the only way he could test it was to check the blood for cyanide. And he had never done that before. He's never even really, like, heard of how to do it. So he sent the blood samples away because he knew it it was kind of something that was, like, above him. When Pishos got the Tylenol bottles, he looked and saw the control numbers. And he noticed that they were the same. He reported back to the medical examiner's office and he said, look, everything here is different except this. Both have Tylenol bottles and they both have the same control number, MC-2880. And that just means they were all made in the same factory, basically? Yeah, so it's just like the same batch, essentially. Okay. So over the phone, he's talking to Deputy Medical Examiner Donahue. And Donahue's like, smell them i'm sorry <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like smell them and i don't know about you but i didn't know tons about cyanide and i was like don't 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 smell it <laughs> i was like he's gonna be passed out right like it's gonna get in his body why are you trying to do that to him anyway so he smells it he opens them, well he opens the bottle up and he looks inside he pours them out Nothing is out of the ordinary. Everything was just the capsules, like red and white capsules, you know? And he's like, This is just, this is how Tylenol looks. There's nothing different. However, as he was pouring them out of the bottles, he could already smell this very strong smell of almonds. And then he opens up the second bottle and he's like, You know what? The first one smells like the second one and they're both almonds. And actually, only half of the population is able to smell cyanide and supposedly it smells like bitter almonds. That's crazy. Right. So anyway, for those of you who don't know, because I needed to really look it up, cyanide is a chemical asphyxiant. Basically, what it does is it blocks the utilization of oxygen by red blood cells. So, you can be in an atmosphere with plenty of oxygen and you can breathe it in, but it doesn't get picked up by your red blood cells, so you asphyxiate. It then causes brain damage and cardiac arrest and it can happen, like, extremely quickly, which is why the people who were taking the Tylenol would pass out, like, seconds after they, like, before they even got out the door. Yeah. Eventually... The lab reports come back to Dr. Kim. It was a massive amount of cyanide. 1,000 times more than was necessary to kill them.
1: Which is crazy when you think about that everyone probably took two or three
0: pills. Right. So that's why it was so hard to note at first because they were like, yeah jensen three people took six pills that's not crazy yeah. like it's tylenol you ever heard of it and i mean for me like if i have cramps or like a headache i'm like three please yeah or like, more like, give like it's me almost a handful. like i don't know i'm just like and maybe that's a me thing but <laughs> i i just don't understand how i mean thank god for nurse jensen but That is, like, a hunch that came straight from God. You know what I mean? Honestly. Because, like, I would never look at a bottle of Tylenol that had six missing pills and three dead people and think this killed them. You know what I mean? Nor do I think I'd honestly
1: believe her. I'd be like, everyone's like, it's a TikTok. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, Let's get investigated. Exactly. Like, I mean, as much as we want to be like, hell yeah, listen to the girl. She knows what she's talking about. But I'm also like, but if I were anybody, male or female in that doctor's office, and she was like, the Tylenol killed them, they took two each. I'd be like, sit down. Where'd you get your degree? Right.
1: I'd be like, <laughs> I mean, right? No, 100%. I was so happy
0: that, you know,
1: she figured it out, and, like, she discovered it. But at the same time, I'm like, I would not believe her. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I'd be like, I Tyler. God it's we Tylenol, on this right?
0: tax <laughs> Us. <laughs> I was investigating. What? We have no business. This is why we do this instead. Right. At about 10 a.m., an attorney from Johnson & Johnson shows up. He was there for about a half hour and left. He could see once they found cyanide and Tylenol. There's really no way that they could not release that info. Okay, I, I mean, like, cyanide and Tylenol, it's not a good look. Yeah, it's pretty big news. It's Yeah, it's something we got to tell people about. <laughs> Roy James, the CEO of Cook County's Medical Examiner's Office, was like, "Let's just make sure that there's no other connection between these deaths before we go and tell people not to take Tylenol." Like very quickly, they proved it to him, and he's like, "Cool, let's go." Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. It's definitely the Tylenol,
1: <clears throat> <laughs> guys. Guys, I think I, I think it's the Tylenol. He's can, like, can we "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm
0: on board. Let's tell yeah, people about this." Tylenol. He then talked to the CEO of the company that made Tylenol and informed him that they were going to do a press conference and. His reaction was like, do you have to? And Roy oh. was like, "Um, do you have a better idea? Right. Like, we're doing it. Sorry. We're doing it. I mean, there's literally Tylenol on the loose. It's done. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, you know, this is a huge like slap in the face. And I feel for her. And I'm very upset about it. Because remember when I said Nurse Jensen was in the hospital when they were talking about the chain of evidence? And she was like, listen it's the Tylenol It's put it in the evidence and yeah. they were like you're cuckoo nuts crazy bananas basically nurse Jensen wakes up to the news after a rough night of sleep because she's like people are dying and I know it's the Tylenol and I'm can't sleep tonight over this and she wakes up and there the message was out the press conference was done and they were like hey guys it's the Tylenol she woke up to that could you could you imagine it is.
1: I'm mad, and
0: it is 40 years later, and I'm not Nurse Jensen, so I don't (laughs) know how mad she was, you know? I know, just have no one listen to you. I found this. And then to wake up for them being like, actually, it's exactly what she said, but she gets no credit. I'd be like, oh, you have got to be kidding me. Somebody's getting a letter. Right. Somebody's getting a letter. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just saying. Somebody's getting a letter today in 2021. No. I'm writing it. And the I'm going to say, <laughs> Nurse Jensen was done so dirty, you guys. You didn't no, have but, to do that. If you look it up, though, now she gets full credit and it. Thank God. Because she really deserved more than waking up in the middle of the night to news that she gave them. Yeah. Anyway. And then just being ago, late to the party. Seconds ago, me and you were like, don't believe her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're biggest fans. Guys. We love this. Anyway, so
0: in hindsight, she was right. <laughs> <laughs> the press conference was simply to tell people in the area that they found cyanide and Tylenol and to warn them that that's like kind of dangerous. So if they had any in their house, then it was probably not a good idea to take it. It wasn't recalled at the time. Until Nurse Jensen did her thing, our star. Because she was like, "You guys didn't listen to me once. I won't stand for this again." So she calls the police department and demands that they take Tylenol off the shelves. And the police are like, "We're not going to do that." And she's like, "Oh the hell you're not! You're going to do that." <laughs> she's like, "After the night I just mm-hmm. had, she-
1: you're <laughs> not going to really? pull those Tylenols off the shelves." Yeah, shelf?
0: she's like, "Hello, do you know who I am?" <laughs>
1: I solved the case and I'm in
0: bed. What's good? Right. And thank God, deputy chief, you know, a man was there. And he was like, go ahead and do it. So they listened to her because there was a man backing her because it was the 80s. And it was shitty. So Johnson & Johnson recalls Tylenol from Lot MC 2880. I don't really know how to read that. 2880? 2880? Either way. Gets the message across. The medical examiner CEO dames spent the rest of the day on the phone basically as you can imagine everybody was oh. calling him being like hey i took tylenol what's going on and he was like listen if you can call me up on the phone then you are fine just don't take any more yeah. like
1: <laughs> an idiot calling like
0: hey i took tylenol like a week ago am i good yeah like literally that like, he got sherry so, off the phone <laughs> so many calls he's like hey i was at a store that sold tylenol am i good <laughs> And he's like, listen, I don't that's enough. I just feel like I would stop answering the phone and that's so messed up. Oh, right. I don't know. I don't plug the phone up. So I have to fun. stop saying stuff like this because they'd be like, Helen, you don't deserve any kind of job. But no, but I, I don't think I would answer it. No. Tyrone Fawner, who is the attorney general, he was at Pheasant Run, um, a resort in St. Charles. At some, like, big Republican event at the time.
1: Okay, fancy.
0: His aide came up and said, "Mm, I need you to take a call. And it was from one of his deputies who told him that there had been poisonings. And he said, well, why aren't you calling the state's attorney? And they were basically like, well, it's in multiple counties, Cook and DuPage. And so the attorney general actually has responsibility for this because it's the entire state now. So... James Zagel, who was the director of the Illinois Department of Law Enforcement, said that someone also called him. And I guess there was like a certain geographical dispersion. So, I mean, the deaths were highly unusual, but they were kind of, I mean, around Chicago, but At this point, you couldn't really just say it was Chicago. It was kind of the state of Illinois. It was in this state of panic. Oh, yeah. Um, And, I mean, you don't really see a lot of just, like, poisonings for just, like, people that you can't connect. You might see, like, poisonings for a family or da-da-da. But you don't really see poisonings for these random people. Like, why was this 12-year-old poisoned and also this 35-year-old flight attendant? Yeah, the different ages and... Different parts of the state, like that's still huge. Right, so it's crazy. So at this point, the attorney general gets in his car and starts trying to figure out what's going on. There had been multiple murders at this point in time. Well, deaths anyway, at this point, because they didn't really know that they were murders then. Now, it is clear that this is a deadly attack and a crime that very well might continue and, like, you know, be repeated. And it would clearly require a lot of people to do what actually had to be done. So in a conference room at the attorney general's office in Chicago, the attorney general pulled together the state police, the local law enforcement, the chiefs of police, the director of the Illinois state police, and basically anyone who might touch it from a law enforcement angle, because he even got the feds involved too.
1: I mean, yeah, like we know after looking at this case that it was though that group of people but for all they knew it could be
0: way more right like they truly don't know how big this could be they're all thinking like wow is this not only in illinois it could be anywhere so at 5 p.m paula prince who i mentioned before when i was like hey just remember this she bought tylenol she was found in her apartment dead Paula was a flight attendant who worked for United Airlines. On the day of her death, she had flown from Las Vegas to O'Hare International Airport. She purchased Tylenol from a Walgreens on her way home and then was found dead in her apartment with an open bottle on her bathroom counter her sister was supposed to meet her for dinner and she wasn't answering her telephone and that kind of sort of like alerted her sister that something's not right and apparently she was due back out that friday for her work and she was a no-show for the flight her family also couldn't reach her and they called the chicago police to do you know like a well-being check and here's what they found the tylenol bottle sitting open on the vanity her in the bathroom in, like, the sh- threshold of the door. So, clearly, she had just been in her bathroom, taken the pill, and then was going about so her she day didn't even, and died. She didn't even leave. Like Hadn't she, even oh. made it out the door. Now, there's a security camera at the Walgreens that Paula had gone to. And it took, like, still photos of her walking up to the cash register and making her Tylenol purchase. But there weren't security cameras in the aisles to see if someone was putting it up on the shelf. So that's the thing here, is that if you're looking out for theft, you would just have the security camera at the entrance of the store or at the counter. Security cameras are not like the cheapest thing at this point in the 80s, so like they just really aren't overdoing it. True. And so they don't have any in the aisles where you could put the Tylenol on the shelf, so they don't have any evidence of people putting the Tylenol bottles there or messing with them or anything. So I mean, above
1: all else, it's just frustrating absolutely. Think that they can see her buying it. Yeah. But not the person that caused it that walked into the same place.
0: Right. Deputy medical examiner Donahue said that with the Janice family, they got the toxicologist out of bed and it was the first time in the history of the office that they had come in overnight and done analysis. And then when they found paula prince and they were called to do it all over again Good. mayor Byrne said basically what was on my mind was how many others you know like i mean they called the superintendent of the police the commissioner of the fire department and the doctor in charge of the board of health and they had they all met at the symphony center in the back room and basically they were all like well we've got to prepare we we don't know what's going on so they ordered flyers to be printed particularly in foreign languages um, they planned everything to make sure that the public was notified because they like I think the, the flyers in the foreign languages were for like the people who maybe had a language barrier or maybe didn't get the news in the regular ways. They wanted to just make sure that literally every person who might go to a drugstore and buy Tylenol could be aware of all of this. It's crazy. Right. So that was just kind of phase one. Mayor Byrne went down to his office and he was just kind of waiting on those different sources to like give them information. And more and more sources were coming in. And there at this point is, no doubt that someone tainted the Tylenol. So he was all set to make a press announcement about finding Paula Prince. And it was at that press conference that the announcement was made that they were going to pull all the Tylenol off the shelves in Chicago. By Tuesday, October 5th, just one week after the initial poisoning, Johnson & Johnson recalled all Tylenol products nationwide. That's 31 million bottles that value at over $100 million. I mean,
1: they must have lost so much money, especially at that time they were like, the leader in painkillers
0: well i mean you think of like how because okay so you know how with like covid there at the beginning of covid everybody was like oh you can't take that you have to take this or this makes your symptoms worse so like be careful with this like and we all were like oh is it is that acetaminophen or is that ibuprofen or what is that oh my god yeah and i always was thinking like how much does this mess up the companies that to produce the drugs that quote unquote make your COVID symptoms worse, you know what I mean? Oh, so and I God. feel like that doesn't even graze the surface of what this was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because this is literally like all Tylenol, X it out, cut it off, get rid of it, throw it away if you have it, do not buy it. And I imagine that it, it made a lasting impact that even after they quote unquote were safe again. I would imagine that several people were like, I'm not buying Tylenol. I wouldn't. I'm not. like. <laughs> and the first few days of investigation, mind you, they were not really focused on, like, finding who did this. They were more just focused on protecting the public. But, you know, as things got more and more serious, they realized they needed much more manpower. So, like I said, they got the FBI involved. Nice. There were more leads than the investigators could fathom. So why is this case still unsolved? Tune in next week for part two, where we will discuss all of the suspects and even some of our own thoughts and theories on who this mysterious Tylenol killer really is. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at The Pod. Twitter at The Pod. And you can check us out at our YouTube channel. The link is in our Instagram bio. Tune in next Thursday for another story.